we're calling it the timeline for Christmas planning and promotion. The idea is let's put a quick guide together that has like little, you know, it's like check down the list. Um, so how do we um, start planning? And then it tells you like, what are the next things you do in order to plan and prepare? And then obviously move into your Christmas season, your Advent season um, with these things. So we created this timeline for Christmas planning and promotion. And that's what we're going to we're going to chat about and talk through today. You're listening to the 95 Podcast from the team at 95 Network, where we host conversations specifically designed to support leaders in small and mid-sized churches. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the 95 Podcast. I'm Dale Sellers, Executive Director at 95 Network, and I'm with a long-lost friend today. <laughs> when I started leading 95 Network five years ago, one of the first people I connected with is our guest today, Shayla Kenworthy of Fishhook. And uh We've been friends ever since, and uh, we we have a lot of history as far as uh, working together, helping churches, and and then we always um, have a, a t-shirt uh, story to tell. <laughs> Bill, you're we not supposed to talk about that t-shirt I'm situation to, I'm anymore. Not, I'm, I'm not going to go into the details of the t-shirt, but uh, I'm just so <laughs> thankful to have you on today. So, Shayla, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having Fishhook on to hopefully help um, churches as they are, are starting to plan for Christmas and what's ahead. So really appreciate um, you inviting me on to have a little chat today. So thank you. Well, I love you guys. I know Amy's not working there anymore, but, uh, you know, you and you and Amy actually came to our town, came to South yeah. Carolina. and We've yeah. done a lot of things together, and I've always loved the fact that you guys are, um, I'm see, how can I word it? Y'all are cutting edge but yet nice. <laughs> well, what I mean, I, what I mean goal, by that is, is <clears throat> we want to stay ahead of what's happening yeah. with our culture and communications, uh, but we also love to have relationships and we care about people's ministries. So um, we marry those things together. And that's exactly what I was implying is because sometimes when things are, uh, especially for our churches in small church space, uh, when things are cutting edge or up to date or contemporary or relevant or whatever those words may be, uh, there's almost a looking down your nose at the small church people mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, you guys just need to get, 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 get with it. And what I love about you guys and your heart and all of you there is that you, uh, you do pull us along. You help us get to where we need to get to, to connect with the next generation, but you do it with grace. And, 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 you know, the thing about fish hook is that you guys actually really love people. And, you know, I think that's nice in ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Those who are doing ministry actually love people. Hey, some pastors are listening right now. That might be some good advice for you. <laughs> Just love yeah, your people. Love before, love we, your people. before we dive into all, why I wanted to have you on today, kind of tell everybody about Fishhook, what it's about, you know, because that's it isn't the most interesting. I mean, it is the most interesting name of anybody that I know. So kind of give us an update of what Fishhook is all about. Yeah. So Fishhook is a full service communications agency, but we have a special niche or niche, however you want to say that word, and that is the local church. So uh, for 20 years now, we celebrated 20 years in March. Uh, For 20 years, we've been helping churches all across the country and our friends in Canada too, um, uh, helping them uh, share their communications clearly so that they can reach people. And so sometimes that's with coaching and um, just kind of strategy and communications one-on-one help with our uh, with our churches other times that's helping them with their branding efforts and when we talk about branding you know sometimes people go straight to a logo it's part of it it's part of your visual identity but it's about your messaging and who are you and what do you care about and how do you share that um, we help churches build websites and do social media and all the all the different tools that we have in 2023 um, to communicate 
we're trying to help churches use those things again to more effectively reach um, but, well, both their congregation, how do you help them take um, steps in their discipleship? Um, what is the next step? Uh, what's that walk look like for them? And then also, how do you connect with your community so you can help more people know who Jesus is? Um, so that is our goal is just to help churches in their communications, wherever they're at on the um, you know, the spectrum of I don't know anything about communications or we have a team on our at our church, but we want some additional support. So that's the that's the big picture. Do you find that churches struggle with communicating? <laughs> Some a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this again. See, I'm 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 an old man now. I'm 61 years old, and I've been in ministry. You know, been in church my whole life. I've been in ministry for 40 years. The things that we talk about today, like vision and mission and planning and communicating and discipleship pathway and all that stuff was stuff we never talked about before. Mm -hmm. Because when mm -hmm. I grew up, you, people just went to church because they go to church because they go to church. That mm -hmm. is not the tr that is not the way that life is anymore. And so yeah. I find that when you start talking about things like, uh, you know, communications or developing a strategy that a lot of churches just tune you out. Do, do you, what do you, how, do you, have you experienced that? Like you may not because people may reach out to you and they're already past that point, but have you seen that? Well, I mean, we're, all of us need to work on our communications, even personally, right? Um, how I communicate with my husband or my kids or my family or my friends, like that's all some, like how we communicate is how we develop relationships. Mm -hmm. And so churches just need to understand that sometimes communications is how do we develop relationships with people? How do we share? How do we, communicate well so that we can develop relationships with people. Um, and that's, like you said, we're just loving people. Um, that's part of um, sharing the gospel is loving people and pointing them to Jesus. And so, um, so yeah, sometimes it's hard because we're like, oh, communications uh, feels like another step of the process, but really it's just doing your ministry well. Um, so I, I find yeah. a lot of churches in our space think that anytime you talk about things like this, oh, you're just trying to turn this into a business. That's what I hear all the time. And, and that's not the case at all. And I'll give you an example of what you just said. Uh, so I'm a senior in high school. I'm about to graduate. You know, the only the only bad grades I ever got in middle school and elementary school were for conduct. I, I talk too much. <laughs> so I'm, I make A's on everything. Surprise, surprise. See on conduct. I knew that would surprise you. Uh, and so so I've always been, you know, I'm an extrovert and all the whole deal. So we're, we're, in, we're in our last class of my senior year of high school. I'm taking a typing class, which, by the way, was the most important class that I took in high school. <laughs> I've used it more than anything else in life. Uh, but we had a teacher there and uh, and she was uh, just a really, really sharp lady. And we we're having a conversation one day and I, I was talking about something in my normal obnoxious self. And and she said, Dale, you will find that when you get out of high school and, and you, be, you get, move into the adult world, that the hardest thing you'll do is communicate. Well, I busted out laughing at her. I thought it was the funniest thing I never heard. And, I, and I, her name is Miss Rainey. I said, Miss Rainey, I said, that's that's silly. I said, everybody can talk. She said, I didn't say talk. I said, mm -hmm. communicate. She said, just because you're saying something doesn't mean people understand what you're saying. Right. And man, was she right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And as you said, you know, it can be in your marriage. It can specifically, I think I, I see a real communication gap with uh, parents and their kids as they get older. I don't really understand that. Uh, you know, I just purposed that when my kids became teenagers, I was going to stay close to them and continue to communicate with them. But there's a, that gap there. And then in the church world, 
man alive, we just, it's like, if you don't toe the line and follow, you know, and if you don't, if you don't know a lot of things that we assume, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that happens a lot. Do you see that? A lot. A lot. And even the words that we use as, as Christians, you know, even the word discipleship, like who knows what that means if you're not and you know, discipleship or what is baptism or, you know, even things that we say to mm-hmm. someone who doesn't know Jesus and they may come, you know, might come and join you at a church um, service, they might feel lost and uncomfortable. And so it's fine to say those words. Those are important to what we do. But like, how do you explain them and share them so that someone feels more comfortable because they you're communicating with them? Um, so how do you advise churches just as we hang out there for a second? You know, so yeah. we, we we do have words that we use that are we call it Christianese. I mean, just yep. that, that's common to us. Mm-hmm. How, how can a church be aware of that and then and do something about it? Yeah, I think it's um, it's just helpful to think if you were someone brand new, like put yourself in someone else's shoes. If you were brand new and and this is for your guest experience anywhere, um, you know, no matter if you're a church or not. But let's think about what we do and what might feel a little odd or off for someone who has never experienced it. So just I always tell people to think about someone in, in a different set of shoes. If they were talking to someone on the street about their church, what things would they say to help them understand uh, more about what you're doing? And then never assume that someone understands. Like you said, you can't assume that people understand everything we're talking about. And so it's better to over communicate uh, probably on some of those things than to just assume they know. So just place yourself in someone else's shoes, I would say. Well, hey, growing up, I mean, we we handed out a bulletin every week, that, and shouldn't that take care of everything? <laughs> uh, people aren't reading those, are they? <laughs> They're not. And so, uh, are you seeing uh, more movement now toward embracing digital uh, ways of communicating, or, or are you still seeing? Uh, we we've still see churches that just want to do everything in writing, and you know, in yeah. paper. What are you, are, I still are, think there's a mixture of that. I don't think that you have to completely go digital. I don't think, but I don't believe that you should only be print either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there is a, a the balance of those things. Um, I think you should give people options if you're able to. Um, I'm probably more apt to pull this out and look at a bulletin on my phone um, instead of grabbing a hard paper copy. That's just me personally, but someone else might prefer grabbing a paper copy. So I would say, Think about your audiences and who are, you know, there. Um, how are you connecting? How do you want to connect with different different audiences? And so just being aware of if you're reaching, I'm a 41-year-old mom of three. If you're reaching a 41-year-old mom of three, what is she using um, from a technology standpoint or communication standpoint? If you're trying to reach her, you need to be where she's at. Um you can't assume again that she will come to what you're doing. And so the same thing, it depends on who you're trying to reach and who you're really trying to connect with. Just think about the things that they're, most of us are, you know, carrying these things around in our pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, so just pay attention to those things as you're creating your communications. Okay. So with your example, here I am, I'm, let's just say I'm, a, I'm still pastoring. So I'm 61 year old pastor mm-hmm. and I need to communicate with a 41 year old mom with three kids. I, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So what, what do I do to solve that problem? Yeah. Um, well, first off, talk to 41-year-old moms with three kids. <laughs> I think that's the first piece is ask, just ask them. Understand if you know someone, like, you know, what uh, what brings them joy? What keeps them up at night? Uh, you know, what are what is their lives like? And different communities and different areas will be different. Um, 
I'm, I'm assuming someone where you are out in Greenville, um, South Carolina will be different than someone um, who I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, and then someone different out in California. And so even the differences of where we live and what we're involved in changes what we're doing. And so um, I would, again, placing yourself in the shoes is always a good idea. And, and don't also sometimes don't assume what their shoes are like. Ask yes. them. If you can connect with someone and um, and just under pick their brain a little bit, uh, it it will bring you a lot of um, wisdom so that you can connect with more people in that kind of demographic or or group of people. Every time you say something, it makes me think of four more questions. <laughs> and here's the thing: so so if I'm pastoring a church today, if I want to be strategic, yeah, uh, because they most churches tell me, "Hey, we want to reach young families with kids." But nothing mm-hmm. they do in their typical Sunday service, and honestly, a lot of their overall ministry doesn't relate to that at all. So, yeah. in other words, if you're going to connect with that demographic, you got to meet that demographic. One right. of the things that we've been encouraging churches to do for years is bring in someone once a quarter to do like a secret shoppers experience. Don't tell anyone they're coming, but make sure they're in the age group you're trying to reach because right. it's impossible, or I should say, is it impossible to try to communicate one thing for everybody? Yeah, I know. I don't. I I think if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Ooh, um, can I force you so, on that? <laughs> you know, I, it, I use this example of somebody else the other day. I have a, my, my husband's uh, gr- a grandma, gr- mm-hmm. we call her grandma because we have kiddos. She's 98 years old. Uh, she is, she's amazing. And like on time, she actually logs in the computer and watches my brother-in-law who's a pastor every Sunday. She does all that, but that that's so cool. normal for 98 year old women. Mm-hmm. But we also have my 11 uh, year old son. Um, if I tried to communicate the same message to my 98 year old son versus my 98 year old great grandma, I have to say them differently yes. uh, because they are completely different. They have different, they're very different life stages. Of mm-hmm. course. Um, uh, grandma Kathleen has lots of um, a life, uh, you know, history and just things that have happened along the way. And so we, we communicate differently depending yeah. on who we are. And mm-hmm. so you, if you're communicating to everyone, you're communicating to no one. That's what I would. All right, so let's dive in here a little bit because see, this is the this is the part that that I feel like even as we're talking, I can feel the tension because here I am. I'm pastoring a church. I'm already overwhelmed. I'm in a small church. I don't really have a staff. I've got a few volunteers. Uh, I feel like everything I'm doing is wrong. I Mm. feel like I can't catch up. I can't. You know, there's just so much required of me. And now we got Dale and Shayla talking about how you need to communicate to everybody. Are there any tips you can give us to help us understand how to do this where it's it's not it's not a band-aid, if you will, but we can actually overhaul how we communicate? Yeah, I I do believe that each church is made to reach a certain uh, group of people. Mm-hmm. And it's OK that you're not reaching all the people. I thought um, I was supposed to reach everybody, though. We want everyone to know who Jesus is. We all have that universal yes. mission of helping people know who Jesus is, 100%. Yes. Yes. So if someone happens to come into our church that wasn't part of like, you know, I'm quoting, quote, like target audience or whatever, we don't have to use those, even the, that harsh language, but like mm-hmm. we would welcome them and we would want to, you know, so it has nothing to do with not wanting to reach people. Mm-hmm. It's it's more with how do we really want to reach someone? Mm-hmm. And again, if you're not speaking their language, if you're not doing, even you're, like you said, your programming has to match. If you communicate it, but you have nothing for them to um, invest in or uh, get involved with, yeah. 
you kind of next steps. Next next steps. steps. Mm. You have to have a next step. Um, If not, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. And so I, it's not that we're not trying to reach everyone. We want everyone to know who Jesus is a hundred percent, but I do believe that each church is meant to reach and they do a really great job with a certain type of person or group of people. um, And they can disciple them well. Um, And then they turn into disciple makers, um, I Mm -hmm. believe. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I hear you and I that it breaks my heart when pastors think they're not doing like when they feel like defeated a little bit because they can't reach everyone. Hey, um, I knew one who wrote a book called stalled because he felt right. that way. Yes. <laughs> yes. It breaks my heart. Uh, it's um, tough. It's tough. Because that is not for, you know, you do what you do with you can with what you have in front of you. And, um, and, you know, and you, you give that back up to to the Lord to go, Hey, who do you want me to, um, to minister, to connect with? And, you know, pastors are doing a great job. So let me dive in here of this is the reason why when I began to lead 95 network, I created this thing uh, called connections and it's partnerships. You guys are one of our partners. And what we mean by that is, is, so, Pastor, if you're struggling with your communication, you need to reach out to someone who knows how to help you do that. It doesn't mean you're less than. Uh, there are so many areas of life that we all go get training in. And and when I have a, you know, I see someone struggling with how to communicate and I realize all they have to do is connect with someone like Fishhook, have a conversation. Yeah. Begin to just, you know, because, you know, everything's multi-layered as far as, you know, you can get involved on a small level, a medium level, a big level. You know, you don't have to you don't have to build a, a hundred thousand dollar website, nope. but you do have to have a website. <laughs> you know, you sure. don't ha- you don't have to uh, have, uh, you know, a daily social media communication, but you need to communicate on social media. There, I mean, the, the, it's, it's I think a lot of us as pastors, we have an all or nothing mentality. Yeah. I know I did, Shayla. I, you know, and, and it's, you know, I referenced my book. I just I felt like Jesus was just disappointed with me mm-hmm. because I hadn't built a mega church. I had, you know, we live in the residue of the secret and attractional movement, and and I just because you know I compared myself to churches down the street. But the thing was, though, instead of reaching out for help, I I I became more isolated. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, one because of my shame. I was ashamed of what I had not accomplished. Uh, and so then to reach out to get help. And the reason that I'm talking about this is because if you have other arenas in ministry, let's just say you want to learn more in Hebrew or Greek or whatever, you'd go take a course. This is the same thing. If you know you're not communicating effectively and you know that maybe you don't even know what you don't know. That's why you want to reach out to a Shayla. You want to reach out to a company like Fishhook to help you do a better job. Because at the end of the day, we do what we do because we want to see people know Jesus. Absolutely. And at least from Fishhook's side of things, we are never trying to change a church. We don't want a church to be any different than who they are. We just want them to communicate more effectively who they are to others. Um, So that is the goal is just to highlight and share all the good things so that people want to connect with you and get involved. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's okay that we're not good at everything. We're not supposed to be good at everything. I think that's why God makes all of us with different uh, gifts and skill sets. Um, We're better together for sure. And so um, when someone needs that help, no matter which arena of of ministry it is, reach out for that help. I find Um, that that pastors put so much pressure on themselves. Mm -hmm. 
to be everything to everyone. And honestly, Jesus was the only one who can do that. Mm -hmm. But I think, uh, and then, you know, one of the things we're working through right now is, you know, we're, you know, on this side of the pandemic, whatever that means, but, but uh, it is so disrupted the church world and how we function. And, you know, we're still, you know, some of us are still lamenting over the people who have not come back and we're not reaching the ones who are interested to know about Jesus. Are you seeing that as you work with churches? Yeah. Um, I kind of have shifted to reminding churches, you know, they'll say, you know, we'll ask them like, oh, how many people are you worshiping at your church on a weekend? And they'll share a number and they're like, well, pre-COVID it was this and here's what it is now. As sad as that, that, that reality is, this is your number. Yeah. yeah it doesn't um, matter. Your number today is your number. That's right. Um, and this is how many people are reaching. So we got to stop looking back to go, well, this is what we were before Here's what we are now and how are we going to reach new people or how are we going to re-engage with the people who didn't come back um, to a Sunday morning? And it's and it's like you just said, Dale, it's because the our the church has been disrupted in some sort of way that we have to think differently about how we're reaching people. Um, and what does true discipleship look like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it might not as as much as I believe that I want to be invested in a community because I think it's very, very important. Um, what does community look like to other people though? It might be a little different um, and it doesn't have to be just the one right way. Um, there is, There are probably multiple ways that we are invested in community and growing and learning together um, and corporately worshiping and you know all those things. We just have to think, we have to think differently if we're going to reach people for Jesus, for yes, sure. That just shakes, that shakes most churches to the core because they're right. used to just doing what they've always done. Again, and when I grew up, you, you know, you just went to church. I was, and see, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I remember when uh, they uh, some churches, uh, we, they called them liberal back then, <laughs> the, didn't have a Sunday night service. Oh, it's like, oh, my goodness, they, they are so off base. You know, and, and then and then all of a sudden Wednesday night prayer meeting, which was really never a prayer meeting. But it, it, it kind of lost its and it's like, oh, these people don't love God. Mm. The society changes, things change. And I'm not saying you, you dumb down or change your core values at no, all. No. But uh, if you're still doing things the way you did 20 years ago, I can tell you right now, you got problems. Yeah. You got to update. And so that's why I wanted you to, 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 to you guys to meet Shayla for those who don't know her, because if you've been listening to podcasts for a while, you've, she's been on many times, but um, we have new people listening and just understand, Hey, it's okay to say, this is not working. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, you, you hit something. I, I have not thought of this till this podcast, but you know, I told you the thing I struggled with when I was pastoring was comparing myself to others. Mm-hmm. What we're struggling with today is comparing ourselves to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're comparing ourselves to what things were before the pandemic. Yes. Yes, we are. And comparison will destroy you. It will just absolutely wipe you out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not good. Uh, That's the enemy wanting to, you know, swoop in and kill, steal and destroy. Um, We have to say, no, thank you. (laughs) Not today, Satan. Um, And yeah, work together with people who are like minded, who want to help things move forward and and work together. Because, again, we all have different uh, passions and skill sets and we are made to be t- to work together um so comparing ourselves to ourselves or what used to be is not is not, not helpful. healthy it is not what we're gonna do we're gonna take a short break and when we come back i want to shift gears and talk about the, the main reason i want to have you on today <laughs> uh, to talk about christmas a little bit so we'll take a short break we'll be right back 
Hey guys, podcast producer Kevin here. Revelation 7-9 describes a group of people from every tribe, from every nation, and from every language all coming together to worship the Lord. In other words, a group of people that don't look like each other, probably don't even sound like each other, all coming together to worship God. Hiking Paul is our Unity and Diversity Director, and it's his passion to see churches from across the globe all coming together in unity and unifying, and then going out and reaching their communities. As you think about Revelation 7-9, does that example describe your church and your community? I bet it's a safe bet that we all can use some help having this conversation and learning how to work better together. Now to reach out to High King and find out more about him or anything else the 95 Network has to offer, please visit us on our site at 95network.org. Back here with Shayla, uh, talking about all things communications. And the reason that uh, I reached out to her, I saw, I think it was last week on social. It might have been on Instagram, but I saw a post of uh, you guys have created like a a guide to get ready for Christmas. I'm not sure what you call it. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what that's about? Because I want to help churches uh, not miss the opportunity that comes their way once a year when people just show up to church because they do. Yeah, so we call, we're calling it the timeline for Christmas planning and promotion. Okay. And it is exactly the reason is uh, sometimes churches don't start thinking about Christmas until a couple weeks out. And then you kind of miss the boat to really yeah. pray about and um, plan strategically and intentionally about how you're reaching some new people. Mm-hmm. And so because then it's just kind of, um, you know, kind of it's too late. It's too late to do that. And so the idea is. Let's put a quick guide together that has like little, you know, it's like check down the list and it shows you, you know, three or four months, uh, four or five months even out. It's okay if we're not four or five months out now, we can still do this is um, early October. Um, So how do we um, start planning? And then it tells you like, what are the next things you do in order to plan and prepare and then obviously move into your Christmas season, your Advent season um, with these things. So we created this timeline for Christmas planning and promotion. And that's what we're going to, we're going to chat about and talk through today. Yeah. Kind of walk us through, uh, you know, what the, uh, yeah. let's talk about the, you know, the optimal, perfect scheduling, but obviously that never works, but just <laughs> what would, if we could do it perfectly, tell us how it worked. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, earlier we talked about like mission and vision and values as a church. Mm-hmm. First off, if you don't know those things, that's a good place to start, yeah. right? Um, we need to know what we're all about, um, what we care about, what we value so that we can share more about who we are as a church to reach people. So, and I know that's a whole process and a, you know, a thing to do, but if you're able to do that ahead of time, I would say, you know what, if you're listening to this now and you're going, oh man, this is something to start in January, February, like get through Christmas Mm -hmm. and then go, you know what, for next year, we're really going to we're going to lean in and to do some of these things. So I would just make a, a point to notate that, like we need to work on those. those. And I will things. say, if you need help with that, that's what we do. This Absolutely. Yeah. So day, so, there are people, uh, there are people you, who can you do need that. Help, we know some people who can help you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would make it a point to do that. Um, but as we're, as it's pertaining to Christmas, we would suggest like four or five months out, you start planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, it's we would suggest that you're meeting with leaders, whether it's a, if you're a small church um, pastor or um, other staff at a small church, gather up a little team. Um, I guarantee there are people in your um, congregation who would love to help plan and uh, create the Christmas experience. And yeah. so find those people um, in your churches. So 
So it could be pastors or, I mean, a small staff or lay leaders from your congregation. And I would say you meet to talk about your goals for Christmas. I think sometimes we completely miss this step. What are your goals? Instead of just going, oh, we have Christmas Eve services or, you know, whatever it is. What are our goals for the season? Can I just tell you, Shayla, my goal, I'm going to be really transparent with you. When I was pastoring a small church, my goal was to get through it. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it was overwhelming. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, here I am. I've got three daughters. I'm trying to trying to plan Christmas ourselves and and trying to do all the extra stuff. And I'll never will forget. I'll tell you a story. We we were we did a Christmas Eve candlelight service one year and I'm up there and 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 I'm I'm exhausted. Uh, we, We planned this thing on Christmas Eve and this one family had these two kids who were just wild. That's the only way I can say it. And, and I said, like, one of them was like, one was four and one was two, and they did not control their children. And Shayla, I'm up front trying to do this whole Christmas thing. And mm-hmm. the whole time, the kids are running all over the sanctuary. They At one point, they come running around me while I'm talking. And I'm sitting there thinking, if I can get through this, I'll never do this again. You know, and the mama's over there going, stop it. Y'all, get over here. Get over here. And I'm going, oh, you guys are killing me. So they killed Christmas for me. <laughs> yeah, because it was distracting to you. You were already in the front. Oh, it, like oh, it was something. Yeah. So so, so I know, you know, again, we try to be transparent with this podcast. Sometimes yeah. pastors, you know, you just want to get through it. And, yep. and and we don't want you to be that way because you miss an opportunity. And and for me, you know, I was always behind planning for Christmas because I was always behind with everything. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's overwhelming, you know. And so that's yep. why this Christmas guy a lot. is going to. You're holding up. You're wearing a lot of hats and you're yep. carrying a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to help us. So keep on rolling. <laughs> yeah. So it's a conversation. I mean, it's literally st- spend 30 minutes, sit down and talk about what your goals are for Christmas. Um, define what does success look like? What do you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the season, at the end of December, what counts as a success for you in your church? Um, talk about those things. It's really important um, because then if you talk about them and you know what you can celebrate and celebrating is part of that, this whole thing. So we'll get okay. there in a second um, right. because I think that's a main, that's a, something that we forget to do sometimes. We um, always do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we move on to the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. Um, and that's where, so your, your plan, uh, you're figuring out what your goals are, what does success look like? So then it's time to create what we would call a full communications and marketing plan. You're outlining your goals, your messaging that you're going to use, knowing the people you're trying to reach. Again, thinking about if there is a specific person in your community you're trying to connect with or type of people. We call um, it your primary demographic. Your primary de- demographic. Who yeah. is your primary? Yeah. Um, try to c- think about those people and what sort of words and messaging might connect with those people. Different, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. 11-year-old kid versus a 98-year-old grandma, we have to com- uh, communicate differently uh, yep. to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give um, Dale these uh, uh, these resources that he can put in the show notes, but there's yes. also a link in there for a helpful resource to create this plan that I'm talking about. And awesome. so it'll have another resource for you to walk you through writing this plan. So that'll okay. be part of this. So that's okay. four or five months out. Mm-hmm. Then we're a couple months out from Christmas. So it's about in October, early October, this is a good time um, to start doing these things. Um, name your series. If we have a sermon series name for it or a Christmas campaign type of thing, what are you gonna name it? Um, and it could just be Christmas Eve at um, your church. But it could also be something a little bit more um, intriguing or enticing, something that says something to someone, um, maybe that they'll connect with. So name it and then create the visuals for it. And there are ways to do this. Um, You might have uh, 
volunteers at your church who are designers, you can probably go on Canva and create something yourself. Um, it's going to be better than having nothing. Uh, there's a lots of templates. So um, Canva.com is amazing for that sort of thing. I use it and every day. Yes, it's great. So if you're a small church leader and if you have no design budget or team, which most people do not, mm -hmm. that is a great way to get things done with templates. So create your branding, your visual parts of your of your series, your Christmas stuff. And then you need to write the content for it. So think about that messaging you created for reaching your audiences and all the things you might create. You might have a print your bulletin or your website uh, or some social media posts Again, as you mentioned earlier, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't mm -hmm. have to post on social media every single day, but you have to post on social media. At some point, um, yeah. Make yourself a goal of two or three times a week or even just like once a week. You know, whatever you can do, whatever sustainable, mm -hmm. that's what you need to give yourself a goal to do. Let and me remember, give a plug right team. here, too, that goes yeah. with this, because um, we have a we have a guy on our team, Jesse Barnett. Who, he does a thing called digital discipleship coaching. And what Jesse does is he helps a pastor take his uh, message and break it down and so that he doesn't have to come up with new okay. content and just takes just again, not 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 repeating the preaching way of communicating, but just the content. Because, yep. you know, if, if you're a pastor and you and you study all week, especially if you're bivocational, man, it's just your, your life is it's full. And, mm -hmm. and so you, you 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 know, I always for me personally, it was always like. Sunday morning was uh, when we finished preaching was so discouraging because I worked so hard on that message and that's yep. gone. Well, you yeah. could get more mileage out of it by breaking it down and using it for social. So I wanted to bring that up because that works with what you're talking about. Where you, you pull your social out of what you've already created. You don't have to create new stuff. It yep. is taking that original messaging, your original sermon and yep. and how to repurpose it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You know, there's new technologies on the scene, too. Um Chat GPT. There's a whole, you know, spectrum of how people feel about it. I may or may not have a podcast coming up about that. <laughs> look at that. I love it. Look at this. It's a preview. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can take your sermon and if you have it, if you type out your sermon or you have sermon notes, at least bullet points or however you preach, mm -hmm. if you copy and paste that into chat GPT and say, hey, chat GPT, this is my sermon. I want to create social media posts that go along with this for the next week create me seven posts. It'll write it for you. It will. And you're going to go and edit it. You need to make sure it's you and it, it comes from your voice and all those things, but it gets you a starting point. And so don't work, work smarter, not harder on some of those things. So these new pieces of technology are, a again, there's a whole spectrum of how we feel about it for but sure. They can, they can be used. They can be redeemed and used for the, for good. hundred percent. Yes, yes mm -hmm. absolutely. So that's what you're doing next. You're creating this content. You're creating the, then the, if you have to design any pieces to go print stuff or you're, you know, creating a social media graphic again, use those, those tools like Canva and others um, to create, um, put something up on your webpage. If you have a, uh, create a page on your website that talks about what you're doing for Christmas. So that it's a very easy ask for someone to go, Oh, we're at uh, church.com slash Christmas. And it's an easy place to point people to, um, to get any information about all the things you're doing for Christmas. If you have special services or um, like special events or uh, decorating your church for Christmas, whatever you might be doing, um, you can actually put it on one place on your website. Okay. Um, and then two or three months out, yes, start preparing for those special events. If you have them, a, a Christmas Eve service, what is going to, what are you going to do that makes it a little special? Um, because how you host people, your hospitality is part of your guest experience. And so thinking about those things. 
Can I mention something there too? I, I just think uh, I, as soon as you said that, it triggered <laughs> triggered a really bad experience for me. So <clears throat> years ago, I worked at a church, and we, Shayla, we spent three months working on the Sunday morning service. Okay, mm-hmm. all this stuff that we did on Sunday morning. Now, I've, I since have had like I've had Tony and Amy from Unstuck and different people talk mm-hmm. about this. What you really need to do on these holidays is really more represent who you are. Instead mm-hmm. of creating some some crazy service that's not the way you do it every week, yeah. uh, and and so as you were talking, I thought, man, if we would just take the energy that we we tend to put into that service, uh, with, with the, that takes it beyond what we normally do, and put it into actually the connecting part yeah. with people, you'll mm-hmm. get more return from that energy that you're spending. And so, you, yeah, that you just triggered made me think that because we, we 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 literally we finished that Easter service and it, it fell flat as a flitter. It was, <laughs> and we'd worked so hard. I mean, we had Jesus up on the cross and all this stuff, and and it was so out of the norm for how we did service week after week <laughs> after week. And I know that one of the things that Tony Namie had talked about at Unstuck was, you know, when you do these when you have holidays, they really need to see who you really are. So, mm-hmm. so maybe you can shift a little bit of the energy you're putting, not just into the service, but put it more into what Shayla's talking about, about all the things around the service and follow up yeah. and communicating and, and the experience people have when they're there. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's they're more likely to cut. Someone's more likely to come back if they have a connection with someone. Yeah. Um, if they felt like they were um, greeted and comfortable and like made to feel part of something mm-hmm. um, instead of watching essentially a show like yes, you know yeah. that's mm-hmm. a that's a hard way to say that but if they were part of something and they feel connected they're more likely to come back and visit you again you're, so 100 100 yeah so okay so we know our goals we have the plan we're creating the things that we need to communicate with the tools the messaging all that um so about four to six weeks out from christmas and i would say around thanksgiving um we're starting to promote christmas um, and so especially because people are getting typically get together over the of the holidays over Thanksgiving and talk about things, uh, what's what their Christmas plans are. If you're able to start promoting things that you're doing or having Christmas Eve services or whatever, um, family has an opportunity to con- talk about those things at their family events or friend Friendsgivings events or mm-hmm. whatever they're doing. Um, and so having that stuff ready to go by by Thanksgiving um, is is ideal. So about that time, I would say you launch that page on your website that has your Christmas information. Um, you can schedule your social media posts, even so you don't even have to post every day. So right. here's a way to like kind of, you know, a, a tip or, a, you know, a little hack. Uh, go, you create social media, you spend an hour on making sure you know what your social media posts are for the whole month. Really, you could do that. Um, and then just go through a, you know, Facebook scheduler and go through and schedule your posts. It'll, it's okay to do that. Um now you still need to interact with people if they comment or like, like that is part of in the moment you should be doing, mm-hmm. but you could schedule posts. If it's like, Oh, here are some things from my message that we're going to share about on social media. That can be pre-scheduled if you have that stuff ready to go. One of the other things that you're telling you, you, again, you, I knew this would be the way this conversation would go. <laughs> so I've been begging pastors for, for years now to, to block a period of time. I love for them to take a whole day, but they won't. But if they take a, a half day, Every week, block it on your calendar for just social media uh, communication, just mm-hmm. so that you can schedule things and you can plan things and and you're not behind on this kind of stuff. And you can get ahead on it and stay ahead on it if you want to. And so uh, I still wish I still wish they do that. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, start small, give yourself yeah. an hour a week, hour a week. Um, mm-hmm. And then you'll realize you'll see some of the fruit from that. I'm, I, I'm sure you will see fruit from that hour. Yes, you would you spend. And then you'll be like, I want to spend some more time on that because I'm seeing the fruit and I'm we're, we need to remember that social media is a ministry tool. It is a ministry tool. Our people are there and we can disciple them right where they are every day of the week at any time of the day that we want to. Um, and so we have to remember that that is a really big ministry tool for us to use versus, oh, it's just something I have to post. I have to go post on social media. It's and, like, and again, we keep saying this. So pastors, if you already feel overwhelmed and you're like, well, guys, y'all are just adding one more thing to my plate. I'm telling you, and Shayla knows this to be true. If you will make this a priority, it will. You'll see a bigger return than on some of the other things that you're spending time on, yeah. uh, that, because it's just you'll connect with a whole new audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um, I would also say you encourage your congregation to get involved in the like. You have to basically offer them an invitation to invite others. Mm-hmm. You have to remind them and encourage them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so send them an email or something like that, that they can forward on to people or a social media post that you say, hey, share this with your people, um, with your friends and your family. Invite them into the inviting. And I would say you do that in, in around Thanksgiving um, so that they have several weeks to start connecting with their friends and family. Um, so yeah, encourage them to get involved. That's part of the step. Um, and then, of course, you need to start sending out that those communications. If you have a postcard you want to send out or something um, in mail, or you're going to start a social media campaign. And I'll tell you what, I know this feels like another thing, but if you put $20 on, on a social media ad, if you mm-hmm. created something on Canva that says Christmas Eve services or whatever, and you have a little post with some good messaging, and you boost that post even for 20 bucks, you're going to see and you target your area and you can do it very easily. Demographically, I live in this city. I want to reach people in this radius of around my church. You can do that. And it's it'll be so much better than spending a lot more money on the print pieces or postcards. Oh, or whatever. So many print pieces just go in the yeah. trash. That's just so I'm just saying, I just want to encourage people. It doesn't take thousands of dollars. It takes yeah. A $20 bill. Like it could take a $20 bill. Um, okay. And then be creative. Like I know if we're able to plan a little bit ahead, we're able to think outside the box instead of just being reactive to what's mm-hmm. in the moment. And so you talked about it. Like, how are we hosting people? Well, how are we making that experience feel inviting and fun? Um, what can you do? Low barrier things um, that you can be creative in. What also for our own people who maybe are already connected in the congregation what sort of things can you ask them to get involved with from a serving opportunity? Um, it is everyone's job at our church to reach more people and to host people and to welcome them on a Sunday morning. So invite them to be involved with you. Ask them to volunteer. Um, put some extra time in maybe um, uh, over that that season just so we're making sure we're not missing someone. So um, so inviting our congregations even into that serving opportunity is uh, a great a great idea. Awesome. Okay, then a week or two prior, like as we're headed into, like just remember to really prepare for your guests. Again, hospitality is a big deal. Um, Drive through your parking lot, you know, navigate your parking lot and your and your church as if you were a guest. Would you know how to get around? Uh, Would you know where to go? Do you need to provide extra volunteers in a certain spot that might be 
a little weird for people that they don't quite understand, we'll have a volunteer stand there and help, you know, direct people to the right places. Or So just think about the newcomer as they might come onto your property. Think about the newcomer as they go on your website. Um, are Is there any language there that they're not going to understand? We'll get in there and update some content um, to make it more approachable. Um, tidy up your space. I know this seems like a silly one, but it's true. If I were to bring someone into my own home, I'm going to make sure that... Um, you know, my kids' toys are picked up and the counters are wiped, you know, the dishes are in the dishwasher, you know, so uh, we tidy up when we host guests. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tidy up your church. Um, people feel more comfortable when they go in somewhere that looks fresh and clean, um, free of clutter. Um, and then I mentioned it, like, just think about your language you use, really pay attention, whether it's something you're writing in a print piece or a website or something you're staying fr- saying from the stage, mm-hmm. just make sure you're very clear in the language we're using. Um, and then also think about your guests that you will have online. If you do any sort of, um, some churches have a, uh, even a Facebook feed of a live stream, or maybe it's a full live stream or or just even recorded video of your sermons that you post on, um, on your website. Just think about those guests, um, talk to them too, not just the people who are in the room. Okay. That's the whole list ish. There's a lot more little details in there that helps you get it, get through it, but that's the list getting to Christmas. So the post Christmas, when we talked about Uh celebrating, I cannot stress enough how important it is to celebrate um, the things that you just did in pause. Um, When you talk about pastors feeling the weight and the pressure, Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes it's because we just move to the next thing and we don't look back and go, Ooh, we did a thing. Um, And there are things to celebrate. Maybe everything didn't go exactly the way you wanted to go, but there are always things to celebrate and what you sell, you will cultivate what you celebrate. Mm -hmm. And so if you're celebrating things, um, you'll cultivate more of those good things happening in your church. And so I would suggest having like a post Christmas debrief, you know, come in mid January. It doesn't have to be right after it. Give yourself some time to pause and take time off. That's important too. Um, put it down for a minute but then just have a quick meeting to go, hey, what, like, what are the, some of the wins? What did we see? What are stories? Tell the stories of life change that we see. Yeah. Um, and then it's also okay to go, all right, here are a few things I want to do differently next year. Um, here's some things we notice because if we notate them and we document them, when we start planning again in August, September, October for the next Christmas, we can pull those notes out and go, oh, right. I wanted to do this a little differently. Um and again, I can't stress the the resting or celebrating. I can't I can't stress that enough. That's um, a big that's a big deal for us. It's yes. a big deal. But one of the things that we do in our in our Soul Care Essentials Conference, the last session um, is on is on on the word completion. Mm. And the reason we do that is because um, we were having a post um, Easter bo- podcast last year, and one of our teammates, Bobby, had mentioned. He said, "You know, with the, the problem with pastoring is you never complete anything. Mm. You know, you you go from one thing to the next, or you work with a family for you know four years, and then they leave your church." And so he talked about, you know, he grew up building houses kind of like I did. And when you build, you you, you do the floor, then the walls and the roof, and you're always moving on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, but when you're pastoring, sometimes you don't, you don't complete things. And mm-hmm. a way that can help you feel like you completed something is to stop and celebrate the yeah. wins. That's, that's really good advice for us because we tend to live in this, this just breakneck pace of one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And it just eventually causes you to lose focus and really have impactful ministry. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's not just around Christmas. It's around, I mean, at least once a quarter, like pause and reflect on that last quarter. You'll realize so many things that happened that you kind of forgot about Mm -hmm. because you didn't take time to stop and celebrate it. Um, So I would encourage pastors in their normal rhythm. And I would say it's more than quarterly, but at least once a month, Mm -hmm. think about what your, um, you know, what your, what has happened and where you've been and how far you've come. Because yeah. if you don't, it'll just feel like you're not getting anywhere because it's so no much traction. Mm-hmm. over and over. Right. Um, but when you actually look back and think about it, you're like, Oh, there was some things that, that happened um, that I just forgot to, I just forgot to pause and think about. So um, yeah, I would really, really encourage that. Um, yeah. Something that I want to point out earlier, you said, you know, the all or nothing thinking. And I think that's, mm-hmm you know, that can steal our joy for sure. Um, How do we find the sum? Um, What is the sum in in every area of our life? You know, we can't do everything Mm -hmm. um, all the way or do nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do we find the sum? Uh, So in any of this Christmas planning, maybe you can't do all the things, but what what is the sum that you can do um, to have a successful Christmas season that you don't feel overwhelmed and tired at the very end of it? Um, it has to be sustainable for pastors as well. So this has been so good. You're amazing. (laughs) I knew it would be. So we're going to have all the links of things we've mentioned in the show notes. Uh, if someone wanted to email you to ask questions, are you cool with that? So I'll I'll include your email as well. Uh, I, I beg you guys reach out to Shayla. She just at least have a conversation. You don't have to, you don't have to cost any money to have a conversation, but, but you know, if, uh, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. And maybe you don't like what you're getting. Well, that means you have to change. And this is a great season to change. And I, and I still tell churches this. If, if you want to make a change and people don't like it, just blame the pandemic. That's what I do. Just blame it. The pandemic. Say, oh, yeah, because of the pandemic, we had, you know, and I told guys, let's do that for 10 years. Just milk that, milk that thing because it just, you know, it, it had such an impact on us. And so, uh, yeah. Shayla's a great resource. Uh, you've been a great friend to me. You've been a great friend to the, to, to 95 network. Uh, love your heart for churches. I also love the fact you know what you're talking about. And so yeah. folks, uh, take a moment and reach out to her. Um, is there, you know, as we wrap up, today is, you know, if you're sitting down talking with a pastor today and they're a little bit discouraged uh, and and you've got five minutes to, you know, you're sitting there having coffee, what would you tell them? Mm, um, Keep doing what you're doing. Um, Be encouraged. You are, you are making an impact in people's lives. Uh, We say often at Fishick, you and your work matter. Uh, Your work matters. You matter. The you is in front of that. Um, You and your work matter. And like really take that to heart. Um, and our Fisher team is cheering, you know, is cheering you on, especially in this important season of ministry as we head into, you know, the end of the year with Advent and Christmas and celebrating Jesus' birth. And that is an opportunity to reach new people. And so I just encourage um, pastors to to keep going. They're doing a they're doing a good thing. Uh, they matter um, and their work. Their work really matters, too. Thank you so much. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being my friend. Thanks for listening to the 95 Podcast. We look forward to sharing another episode with you next week. In the meantime, visit our website at 95network.org. The website is loaded with great resources created for small and mid-sized church leaders. Until next time, have a great week.